Hello, Valley family. Hope this, uh, this online campus service finds you doing well. And, uh, you know, even though we're in the middle of this coronavirus crisis, our state is on pause. God's not on pause. And uh, the Valley family's not on pause. And we're just loving the fact that we have this technology. It's already been available to us. And we, we've had this online campus for about four years now. And it's just so great that we can connect this way and through social media as well. Uh, if you're watching right now and we have the scroll going uh, on our online campus, let us know where you're joining us from. I mean, this is the week after Easter. Easter was last week was the largest in the history of our church in the middle of tough times like this. If you can just imagine this, we had 9,200 devices log in and watch our services. Just between 9 and 11 o'clock, we had over 7,000 devices just between 9 and 11 o'clock on Sunday, Easter Sunday. And so uh, if you're joining us maybe for the first time, we just want to say welcome and, and thank you. Uh, we're so thrilled that you've, you've joined us on our online campus and we're starting a brand new series today that we'll be in for the next few weeks. I think it's going to be really, really practical for where we are right now, right here in New York. Uh, but before I do that, I want to just fill you in on something. Just mark down on your calendars. It's coming up this Wednesday night uh, at 7 p.m. And that is Unite Hudson Valley. This is a prayer event, 7 p.m. on Facebook. You'll be able to get through it. We'll have a watch party on Valley Christian Church's Facebook account there. And, and what this is, this is over 15 churches that are gathering together online. The pastors, uh, we've already met together, and that's one of the huge things God's doing. God's moving in the middle of all this madness and mess and, and really uniting churches together, myself and 14 other pastors from uh, Duchess, Ulster, and Orange County coming together for the purpose of prayer and really asking God to move to heal our land, to, to heal our community, to heal our state, to heal our nation uh, of this virus, to bring us together uh, and, and that God's will would be done even beyond this country, beyond our community. And so I invite you to just to, you know, jot that down. Don't miss it. Unite Hudson Valley. You can actually begin to follow uh, that page on uh, Facebook, and, and you'll be right there. And, and join us on our church Facebook account, uh, our profile for Valley Christian Church, for our watch party there. And, and I'll be praying along with the other pastors. It's going to be an event unlike any other that I'm aware of in the last 30 years, online technology bringing churches together uh, like that. Really excited uh, about that. And, and I believe that as a church family, if, if we'll just continue to grow during this time, I think God's moving, God's doing some things. I think we're going to be better than before when we're able to gather together again. And boy, I look forward to that time. I know you do too. Uh, we're going to be better than ever better than before. I know we're going to be bigger. Uh, I think we're going to be better as well. And, and that's really what this whole series is about as we're looking at miracles, uh, that, that God can do the impossible. He, he can 
do anything. And, and specifically, just kicking this off today, uh, what I want to do is just invite you to go ahead and open up your Valley app. Now, if you've never done that before and, and you're kind of new to the Valley family, you can download the Valley Christian Church app in your app store uh, on your electronic device. And uh, not only will you be able to follow along, you'll be able to fill in the blanks. It just helps us to learn even better. And it will save your notes on your Valley Christian Church app. It's also a great way just to stay informed of everything that's going on, uh, you know, even during this time where everything's online. And then when we gather back together again, uh, when, when kind of the, the ban is lifted, if you will, uh, and, and just it's going to save it for you, and it's right in your pocket. So at any moment, you can just pull that right out. And you look back on what we're talking about. So the Valley Christian Church app, I encourage you to download that if you haven't done that or open it up right now if you already have. And this is kind of the, the theme verse for this series we're gonna be in for the next few weeks talking about miracles. In Psalm 77, verses 13 through 14, it says, what God is as great as our God? Well, there isn't one. What God is as great as our God? Well, there, there's, there is no God as great as ours. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the people. And so God does miracles. I think God's doing a lot of miracles all around us. We've had several people in our church that have tested positive for the coronavirus and they pulled through. Uh, we've had others that, that look like absolutely they had it and we're praying, we're praying, and then turns out they didn't. And, and, and I think God's just doing a whole lot more miracles, and, and we've been able to thank the Lord, flatten the curve, uh, you, you know, here in New York State. And let me just say this, we weren't the ones that did that by ourselves. God did that, because God's people are coming together and are praying, and God is moving. And it really doesn't matter to me what a politician thinks, God is moving. God did that. And so God's doing a whole lot, and God's doing a whole lot of miracles, and, and isn't it just like humanity, we want to take credit for things that God's doing. You know, God's given the, the intelligence for us to be able to find, you know, scientifically and, and do all the tests and find medication that's, that's helping people. That's God that's doing all that. He, he's behind all of that. And so I think it's really, really, but God's all about miracles. In fact, in the New Testament, there's about, uh, I counted them, there's about 35 miracles uh, that take place in the New Testament. And, and let me just break them down for you, the different kinds of miracles. First of all, there's 17 bodily cures or, or physical healings that take place. Then there's six deliverances of demoniacs, uh, six different people that are delivered from uh, demonic power or demonic oppression. There are three people that are raised from the dead uh, in the New Testament, and there are nine miracles of nature. And that's what I want us to look at today, this miracle of nature, one of these miracles of nature that I think are really, uh, that is really fitting for where we're at right now here in April uh, in New York State. Before I do that, I just want to mention, this isn't a total number here of everything that Jesus did. Uh, the, the reason for that is uh, that's just the ones that are recorded in the Bible, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In fact, look at what John says, John chapter 21, verse 25. He actually said, Jesus did so many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that they would be written in. 
So, so Jesus did a whole lot more, but those 35 miracles in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, those are the ones that are written down that we remember that historically you know, are on the historical record. But John says, Jesus did so much more. Why? Because God is a God of miracles. Jesus is all about miracles. And that's why it's so important that we, you know, I think this series we're in right now because it gives us a perspective that you're not going to find anywhere. You're not going to find that on the nightly news or in some press conference. <laughs> you're not. God is God of miracles, and he's doing miracles right now. In fact, I've got an interesting book. I got it while I was in college. It's called A Harmony of the Gospels. And, and what that means is, you know, the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they talk about Jesus' life from four different perspectives, four different vantage points. And sometimes there's some overlap. Some of the stories are the same. Uh, there are a few stories that are in all four, very few. There, there are many stories that are in three of the Gospels together from different vantage points. And so I want to look at one of these stories during our time together uh, and, and look at it from this harmony of the Gospels, get the full picture of what's happening. So let's jump in. Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 35. It says, That day when evening came, he said, that's Jesus, he said to his disciples, now this is real important. I had our tech guys highlight this. He says to his disciples, the 12, let us go over to the other side. So they're going to go over to the other side uh, of the, the sea there. And it says, Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there was also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. It nearly capsized. It goes on, it says, and Jesus was in the stern sleeping. The boat is about to capsize. Because of this great storm, he says, hey guys, let's go over to the other side. They jump in the boat, the storm comes up, it's about to capsize, and Jesus is sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, don't miss this now, teacher, don't you care? Don't you care? I think there's a lot of people a lot of folks over the last month or so that have been saying to God, don't you even care? Don't you care? Don't you care if we drown? Don't you care? And so that's Mark starts the story. Now let's jump over into Matthew, same story, but from Matthew's perspective, when we pick up on how Jesus responds to this question when they say to him, don't you even care? Don't you even care? Matthew chapter 8. And he replied, Jesus replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Now, now watch this, so important. He spoke to them before he spoke to the storm. He spoke to them, the disciples who were afraid, that questioned his love and his care for them before he ever spoke to the storm. Oh, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves. He spoke to them, and then he spoke to the storm, and it was completely calm. And the men were amazed, and they asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds 
and the waves obey him. Before Jesus spoke to the storm, he spoke to the disciples. And during a storm, let me just put it this way. You get to know Jesus better in the middle of a storm. I think for many of us in this storm, could I put it that way? This COVID-19 storm. I think many of us are really getting to know Jesus in a very different way. That there's something that you learn going through some storms in life that you learn about God that you never would know on the sunshiny, wonderful days. There's something about the storm. And, and that's why I, I believe we're going to get through this, Valley family. Just, just like the disciples got through this, Jesus, they, they forgot Jesus said, let's go to the other side. <laughs> Jesus told the disciples before they got in the boat, we're going to get through this. And, and listen, y'all, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. And I believe we're going to be better because of it. But there's some things we've got to learn in the midst of this storm. I, I don't, you know, people ask me, do you think God sent this virus? Is this some sort of punishment or judgment? I, I don't, I really don't. But I, I do think God can use anything. And I think he's got our attention in it. And it's time for us, you know, it's not just the kids that are learning at home. It's time for us grown-ups to be learning at home too in the middle of all this. I think there's some things that he wants to teach us. You get to know Jesus better than any other way in the middle of a storm. There's actually, in this, this story that we just read, there's actually three different storms that are happening. Did you, did you notice them? It's, it's not just the weather. There's three other storms that are actually happening. First of all, there's the physical storm. The physical storm that obviously was the, the weather pattern that changed. But more than that, there was an emotional storm. Don't you care? Don't, you know, they're upset. They're afraid. They're full of anxiety. And then the third one is there's a spiritual storm as well. And that's why I think this story is so practical for us because right now in the middle of COVID-19, there's a physical storm that's going on, COVID-19. But there's also an emotional storm. How, how we're responding to it. How are you reacting to it? How am I reacting to the state being on pause, not being able to be with you know, friends, socialize, and everything's, everybody's on Zoom now. You know, how, how am I emotionally responding to the stress and the strain and many grieving loss of, of loved ones? There's an emotional storm, but also there's a spiritual storm as well. There's a spiritual storm as, as many of us are like, where is God? Why is this happening, God. Do you still love us? Do you still care? I think God wants to teach us some things that we can learn through the middle of this. I don't believe God sent this virus, but if God can use anything, and I think he is, and he wants to. And so here's a big question. You ready for it? What if the miracle wasn't the storm Jesus calmed on the outside, but the storm that he calmed on the inside? What if that's the big miracle happening here? 
what if it wasn't about, could I put it this way, the winds and, and, and the waves? What if it was about the storm inside of his disciples? And you know what? I, I think Jesus wants to calm some storms right now. And I'm not talking about physical storms. I think Jesus wants to calm some emotional storms. Some spiritual storms. Right now. I think Jesus wants to do some miracles. Because what if, what if the miracle right now that Jesus wants to do in your life, in my life, what if it's not even a physical miracle? What if it's an emotional miracle? What if it's a spiritual miracle? It's a miracle not on the outside, but it's a, it's a miracle on the inside. I believe that this is an opportunity for all of us to grow emotionally and, more importantly, to grow spiritually. So that when we come out of this, and we're going to come out of this, Valley family, we're better than before. I'm going to share with you kind of a, a verse for this week. You ready for it? And maybe, maybe this would be great to even memorize it. Look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. We have a hope. You know what, a, you know what an anchor does? If you've ever been on a boat of most any size, you drop anchor. What happens? That anchor is on a, on a chain or a rope, and it, you drop it down, and it hooks on something firm. And so you know what? The boat still can move around, but you know what? It's really not going anywhere because it's anchored somewhere strong, somewhere firm. And that's what the Bible is saying here. We have this hope. How can we have hope? Because it's an anchor for our soul. Jesus is an anchor for your soul. That's what he wants to be. An anchor for my soul. That's what he wants to be. And, and so this is kind of like the verse for this week and, and, and really this message I'm just calling anchor in the storm because I think God wants to be your anchor and my anchor in the midst of this storm. I think he wants to do a miracle. I, I think he does do miracles physically. I think also he wants to do emotional miracles and spiritual miracles right now even as you're watching this online right in your living room, right in your den, right on your big screen or your laptop or your tablet or your phone. Jesus wants to do miracle in your life. And I think when we're talking about being anchored, how can we really be anchored? How can we have hope? And how can that hope, in the midst of all this, this chaos and craziness, how can it be an anchor for our soul? I, I want to share with you three ways that we can really anchor into the hope that is Jesus Christ. You ready for it? Here's the first one. We're anchored when we cultivate God's presence. When we cultivate God's presence, it gives us an anchor for our emotions, for our spirit, for our soul. Look at what the Bible says in Psalm 91. And, and pretty interesting, we talked about this before. Uh, I want to point out a couple things. Psalm 91 it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, I shared this with the church family back in uh, January. The word, the single word, every year I have a one word kind of for the coming year. 
And the word, after praying about it, you can go back in the archive, listen to it. The word that God gave me, I thought was just for me. Maybe it was for all of us as a church family. It was the word abide. Abide. I did all kinds of study on, on where this comes up in the Bible. This is one of the primary places in Psalm 91. And listen to what it says. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. What does that mean? It means like dwell in his presence, cultivate his presence, be in God's presence. Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely, watch this now, he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence if we abide in his presence. If we prioritize his presence, that's what it means. He'll, he'll deliver us. And it goes on and says, He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. When, when we cultivate God's presence, we're anchored. We have an anchor. We have hope. And... Uh, I just want to share with you, you know, one of the things that I, I've been doing on a regular basis, and, uh, well, it didn't start with this. I do this on a regular basis just for Greg, and I want to share it with you. Uh, there are oftentimes, you know, life's hard, and it has challenges and all, and I, I've just learned through the years, I go up to the, I have like my little space, my man cave in my house, and I put on my headphones, and I'll just listen to music, specifically when I really, really, I just listen to worship music. Or, or I'll go back out on the patio if it's a beauty, beautiful day, you know, springtime, you know, like, like maybe today, and, and uh, just on the patio and just listen to worship music. And it just, worship music that, that lifts up Jesus, and it just, it settles my soul. Just cultivating God's presence. There have been times when I've been on my back patio, and I'm just listening, and, and I've got my earbuds in or, or headphones on, and it's like, I just feel like, I mean, I feel like I'm in church. I just feel like God's presence so strong on my patio or in my garage. And it's like, I don't even want to open my eyes because I just don't want any distraction whatsoever. In fact, I want to encourage you to do that. You know, maybe you're, you're in a one-bedroom apartment, you know, wherever you are. Just, just find a space when things just start getting crazy. And, and we need to learn how to cultivate God's presence. And, and what I want to do this week, actually, is I'm, I'll, I'll talk to our tech team, and I, they're going to post a playlist. I want to share with you my playlist. It's only about three songs. It's about 22 minutes. They're really good songs. This is like my 2020 playlist. My, these songs that have just been getting me through. And I just encourage you on a daily basis, take about 20 minutes and just center yourself, focus, settle your soul and cultivate God's presence. We'll be getting that out on, on uh, Facebook and Instagram on our church accounts. Uh, and, and I don't know what we'll call it, Doc's Playlist, you know, something like that. But, but we need to learn how to cultivate God's presence. Because here, here's the truth that we need to remember. Peace isn't the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. Peace isn't the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. See, the disciples forgot who was in the boat with them. 
That's what the problem was. The problem wasn't the storm. The problem was they had their eyes on the storm instead of the one who was in the boat with them who said, let's go to the other side. We're going to make it. We're going to get to the other side. So peace isn't the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. Here, here's the second thing. If we're going to anchor our souls, uh, we're anchored when we remember God's promises. It, it's so important that we remember God's promises. In Psalm 119, verse 81, it says, My soul faints with longing for your salvation, but I have put my hope in your word. I put my hope in your word, God. Let me say it this way. Don't let circumstances speak louder than God's word to you. Don't, don't let circumstances speak louder to God's word, louder than God's word to you. Let, let me encourage you. First of all, just don't, don't, don't keep the TV on all day, the news. Don't do that. That is not going to help you. That's going to trouble your soul, not settle your soul. Just, I, I think it's important to be informed. I encourage you to be informed. You can catch up on all the news in about 20 minutes toward the end of the day. You really can. Because they just play it over and over and over again. But, but let me just encourage you this way. As much news as you listen to or that you read and you need to be informed, make sure you spend time in God's word as well. At least balance it out. At least balance it out. If you spend 20 minutes watching this, spend 20 minutes in God's word. His promises. Because it's just amazing how that just will settle your soul. I encourage people all the time. You know, you've heard me say it before. The book of Proverbs, there's 31 Proverbs. You can, one for almost every single day except leap year. <laughs> you know, uh, well, that's only 29 actually when that happens. But 31 different Proverbs. Read a proverb every day. Read the Gospels. Start in the Gospel of John. Just, just read one chapter. Just spend time in God's Word. Remember His promises. Don't let your circumstances speak louder than God's Word in your life. Who, who's got the loudest voice? Is it COVID-19? Is it the nightly news? Is it Facebook, Instagram, or is it God speaking through his word? See, I, I think that this has been like the great leveler. <laughs> A lot of stuff we spent our time with, energy on, we've just realized and kind of like, it's not as important as we used to make it out to be. It's just not as important. Oh, we miss it. Because we miss those things we spend all of our, our energy and time on. And, and we've had to reorient as a result of it. Here's the third thing. We're anchored when we understand God's process. That, that brings us hope when we understand God's process. I love this, uh, you know, the Bible makes it clear it's not like you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and everything just starts going fantastic and you, you know, uh, you know, you're just, just wealthy and healthy and wise. That, 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 that's not the teachings of Scripture at all. And, and in fact, there's a lot that we can learn. The Bible talks about there's a theology actually of suffering. But the difference is when, when Jesus Christ is at the center of our life, He's the Lord and Savior, even in our suffering, He uses that to bring good into our life. When Christ is not the center, if he's not your Lord and Savior, you're just suffering for no reason. There's no good that comes from it. It's just suffering. 
But, but Romans 8, 28 says, I know that all things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And so there's a theology of suffering, actually, because God can even use the raw materials of something like a pandemic and bring about a lot of good. A lot of good as a result of it. You know, 9,000 people tuned in. 9,000 devices. I don't know, maybe it's 18,000, 20,000 plus last Easter. That's good. That's most I've ever spoken to, <laughs> for sure. God can bring good out of it. Look at what Romans chapter 5, verse 2 through 4 says. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. This is, this is scripture, God's word. Because we know that suffering produces what? Perseverance. And perse- perseverance produces what? Character. And character produces what? Hope. Hope. I'm going to be better than I was before because of COVID-19. I believe God wants you to be better than you were before because of COVID-19. That's a miracle. And that's a miracle that Jesus wants to perform in your life and in your marriage if you're married. And in your family, if you have kids, that's what he wants to do. He's a miracle worker. He's a miracle worker. See, here's the here's truth that I think many of us are realizing <laughs> as we're uh, confined to quarters, you know, stay home. Uh, trouble doesn't build character, it reveals it. Tr- trouble... Trouble doesn't, it doesn't build it, it, it reveals it. A, a lot of us have been surprised on what, whoop, is on the inside. It, it actually is like a magnaphone. It, it amplifies. You know, crisis like this, it amplifies what's on the inside. So, so if, if on the inside you've got envy and jealousy and selfishness, you're having a real hard time getting along with people in your home right now. If on the inside... You've allowed God to cultivate your heart and, and it's gentle and it's tender and it's loving and it's a heart of service. You're doing all right. Because crisis, trouble just reveals what character's inside. It, uh, it doesn't build it, it reveals it. The building takes place when we invite Jesus into it. That's when he begins to build it. You know, I, I know so many people, I just wish I had more time with my family. You got it now. Now they're like, can somebody take my kids? Trouble doesn't build character. It reveals it. And, and for many, it's been like a, it's like a big awakening. You know, uh, one of the things I love to do uh, is grill. I, I love to grill. It's like grilling season. I actually told my wife that the grill doesn't light unless it's over 50 degrees. <laughs> uh, and and she went out one day in the winter a few years ago, and it was like 15, and put some stuff on. She said, that lit? And I was like, well, I don't grill unless it's over 50. But that's a whole other issue. So 
I love grilling and stuff and hamburgers and steak. And I mean, I love me some steak. Anybody see? And I know that's weird because you're raising your hand right now uh, and you're hitting that heart on the screen because uh, you love steak. And, and maybe you don't uh, eat steak even. That's fine. I have no problem with that. It's more for me. So, so I have no problem with that if you don't eat steak. I love steak. And, and you know what I've learned grilling over the years is sometimes... You, you put a steak on the grill, and, and it looks like it's done. It's just juicy, and it's flavorful. Uh, I'm a medium-well kind of guy. Uh, my wife is a well-done, like it's got to be completely well-done, you know. Uh, so, so I pull mine off a little bit earlier, and, and then you bring it inside, and it looks so fantastic. And then you put it on the plate there, say the blessing, and then we, we cut that open, and... It's raw inside. And I realized it's not done all the way through. It just looks like it's done on the outside. But on the inside, there's still, it needs to be put back on the fire. There's still some work to be done. It's not finished yet. That's just like trouble. Trouble doesn't build care. It just reveals what's on the inside. It's just, it's just cutting that steak open. Whoop, that is not well done. I can't tell you how many times I've had to put it back on the plate, bring it back out there, turn the grill back on again because it wasn't finished on the inside. See, we can fool a lot of people on the outside just for a little bit of time. Hey, how you doing? Oh, that's great. That's great. But now that... We're home by ourselves. Trouble is just kind of cutting open the steak and realizing there's more work to be done. There's more work to be done. What do you do when, when, when it's raw on the inside? You put it back on the fire. That's what God's doing. He's just allowing us to be put back on the fire until we're done. Until we're done. Jesus wants to do a miracle in our emotions, Jesus wants to do a miracle in our spirit as we anchor to him by cultivating his presence, by remembering his promises, and by understanding there's a process. And that process that God takes you and I through, it's, it's not a perfect, wonderful, happy experience all the time. Sometimes we've got to be put back on the grill until we're well done on the inside too. I heard this quote, and I, I just want to end with this. I, I think it's real, uh, well, it, it's really applicable to where we are right now. When roots are deep, there's no reason to fear the wind. When the roots go down deep, there's no reason to fear the wind. And right now, I think that's what God is doing, not, not only as a church family, but I think every one of us individually, he wants our roots to go down deeper into him. And that's why we're doing daily things on, on Facebook a couple times a day, 
That's why we've got these online groups. That's why, you know, Valley Student Ministry, their stuff doing on a regular basis, create material for our students. Our Valley Kids preschool from, from birth all the way up to fifth grade content, we're putting it in your hands, putting it in your hands, because we believe this is a time that, that God wants our roots to go down really, really deep, because when the roots are deep, you don't have to fear the storm. You don't have to. Fear the wind. And I think that's what God's doing right now. And you know what we're going to do? We're on the other side of this. We'll all get together. We're going to look what God's done. Look what he did. Even in the midst of the storm. Oh, he, he calmed that physical storm. He spoke to that physical storm. But you know what? He did a miracle in the emotional storm in my life. In the spiritual storm as I allowed my roots to go down deep. So I encourage you to take advantage of everything that we are offering to you because we, we want you to be better on the other side. That's what I'm praying. That's what I'm praying for myself and that's what I'm praying for the Valley family. I'm gonna ask right now, would you just, uh, would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for your word. Thank you for the miracles, so many miracles, 35 miracles recorded for us that Jesus did. Lord, thank you for this miracle that when he, he settled the storm. And God, I pray right now that we would invite Jesus to settle this, the emotional storms inside of us, the spiritual storms inside of us. Lord, that, that we would reach out and open our hearts and allow you to do the miracle that you want to. Lord, as we begin to anchor our lives, Lord, in cultivating your presence and remembering your promises and in understanding your process that, that we're all in process. None of us have arrived yet. And as we're going through this time where we feel like we're on the grill because we're not quite done, Lord, may we embrace this process and learn everything that you want us to and grow and our roots would go down deeper, the roots of our faith into you. Thank you, Lord, you're not done with us. Thank you, Lord, you're gonna see us to the other side of this. We're gonna get through it together with Jesus. Right now, even in your living room, maybe you're joining us and you've never... You, you've never just taken the, the time, taken that moment, that first step of faith to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior before. I, I want to I lead you in a prayer right now that you can do that. The, the Bible says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And, and if you've never taken that first step of faith your mother can't do it for you. Your father can't do it for you. No one else can do that. You, this is your decision. You've got to decide on your own. I, I just invite you right now, open your heart up to Jesus, and I want to, I'm going to lead you in a prayer that you can repeat after me. In fact, I'm just going to ask everybody, let's repeat this prayer that I want to lead you in. And, and open your heart to him for the first time if you've never done that before. And you know what? He'll come in and he'll begin to settle the storm. That's why he came and he lived a sinless life. 
And he laid that life down as a sacrifice and a substitute for you and for me. And he rose again from the dead that we can be forgiven of our personal sins and we can begin a personal relationship with the resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I'm gonna ask you right now, just, just, just close your eyes and bow your head, all of us together listening, even in your living room. I know it's kind of awkward, we can do it. And just repeat this prayer after me right now, even in a whisper. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I turn from them today. Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. And Jesus, I ask you today, be my Lord and Savior. I ask you to guide me. I ask you to lead me. I ask you to direct me by your Holy Spirit and I will follow you. Be the anchor in my life. Be my hope today. Amen. Amen.